Hello and welcome to the Writers in Progress podcast. My name's Jem Jackson and hopefully like you, I'm really interested in people. I'm interested in the process of writing and I'm interested in the people who are involved in that process of writing. However, I'm not too keen on the whole conversation thing. Uh, I'm not especially good at them and I tend to find that they're a little bit like quicksand. They're quite easy to get into uh, and then can be very awkward to get out of and I generally embarrass myself and look a bit of a mess by the end. So, as a way to get round this, uh, I'm going to be carrying out some distance interviews with some writers over the next few weeks uh, and finding out a little bit about them, a little bit about their processes and a little bit about their work and their thoughts and their opinions on this wonderful activity uh, that we call writing and authoring. I have the privilege of uh, introducing you to our two writers today, Sam Hawke and Kato Jay. And in some ways, you could be forgiven for thinking that they are very, very, very different to one another. They come from different continents. They're different ages. They're writing about very, very different subject matter. Um, But this is one of the things I've really enjoyed uh, getting out of this process that it's been so far, is finding those similarities and those similar messages coming through uh, no matter who's talking. Now, they're both... Uh, YA authors, that is they're both writing for a young adult audience and we're going to start by listening to Sam Hawke. Now I have to say I've edited a few of these pieces together already but I am just completely in love with Sam's voice and I could listen to him talk about anything all day. I think he's got some really, really interesting things to say, uh, not only about the process of writing, but about taking advice, (laughs) or not taking advice as the case may be, and of what the actual logistics of getting published involve, and what that can mean for you uh, as a writer. So I'm going to shut up now and let Sam do the talking. I hope you enjoy it as much as uh, I have. Sam Hawke. Hello, my name is Sam Hawk. I am 58 years old and I'm in Dallas, Texas, USA. I'm a writer. My day job, however, uh, is lawyer. I've been a lawyer for 30 years. I work for local government, prosecuting minor misdemeanors. It's not terribly exciting, but it does pay the bills so that I can be a writer on weekends. I can't say that I'm known for anything now because my first novel ever is about to be published on March 25th, 2019 by Nine Star Press. It's called New Boy at the Academy and it's a young adult novel. So I guess the answer to the question, what are you writing? The answer is young adult novels. Although I didn't really start off intending to do that. I started writing this story about teenagers and someone told me, you know, this is a young adult novel. Oh, okay. I guess I'm writing a young adult novel now. <laughs> um, what I really like to do is write, is make people laugh and find the humor in every situation. And so there's a lot of humor in my work. At least I hope so. It makes me laugh. I hope it makes you laugh too. What motivated me to begin writing. Well, it began really in high school with my English teacher who told me that I had writing talent. I was, I had never thought of it before and I was very flattered and I proceeded to do absolutely nothing about it for many years because I have really just self-doubt. Self-doubt. I spent way too much time thinking, who am I? I'm just some guy. I'm not a writer. A writer is someone like Agatha Christie or Stephen King, someone, someone like that, someone who's famous and has books on shelves. I'm just a guy with a liberal arts degree who thinks he can write a book. Everybody with a liberal arts degree thinks they can write a book. So I didn't do anything about it for a very long time, but the idea was always in the back of my mind. And one day, about 10 years ago, I was having a kind of a heart-to-heart conversation with a friend, and I let it sort of slip out that I had this dream of being a writer. But it was silly and ridiculous. And, and she said, well, why don't you just take a writing class? 
And that actually seemed like a pretty simple idea. And when I got home that day, this is a true story, when I got home that day, there was a flyer in the mail from a, a nonprofit that offered writing classes. And I thought, well, okay, I guess, I guess this is God, the gods are speaking to me. And so I signed up for a writing class. What person has influenced me most in my writing? There have been a lot of people who have influenced me in my writing, but one book that comes to mind, one writer who comes to mind, is Mark Childers, who wrote Crazy in Alabama. And, and that's a book, it's my favorite book, and Aunt Lucille is my favorite character of fiction. I realize she cut her husband's head off and carried her around in a Tupperware lettuce keeper, but she was not all bad. <laughs> Mark Childers, is brilliant about finding humor in dark situations. His books are about something, but they also make you laugh. Um, and I love that. That's what I try to go for, the dark humor, finding humor in every situation. That's what I strive for in my own work, and that's what he has really mastered. And so, yeah, that's something that's been very influential on my writing. Describe my writing process that's funny. I always think that's a funny question because some people can answer it with all sorts of ideas about writing processes that, that are very detailed. I read that question and think, there's a process? I don't have a process. I just sit down and start writing. And that's kind of it. I work primarily in the dining room. I sit at the dining room table and open up my laptop. I get some tea, hot tea as Americans would say, or tea as the British would say and goof around some, but then eventually start writing. And after a few hours, if it becomes late enough in the day, I will switch to Chardonnay. What, if anything, do I need in order to write? I would say some peace and quiet. I'm not the person who could go to Starbucks and sit there with all the noise and conversation and people all around me and, and write. I, that's not me. I need to be alone and I need to be quiet. Can I describe how my work has changed over time? I certainly can. It began, the book that I'm, is about to be published, New Boy at the Academy, uh, began as a short story uh, about my own experiences in high school. It was about me. It was a true story. And then I quickly realized that if I fictionalized it and created a kind of an alter ego, he could have a much more interesting time in high school than I ever did. And so, that's what I did. It became a fictional story. And it was, again, originally just a short story, but I kept adding scenes and adding scenes, and, and eventually I got to the point where I had like 50,000 words and thought, well, that's almost like a, that's almost a novel. The final product has about 85,000 words. Section D, craft specifics. How do I go about making readers feel or react the way I want, make them laugh, feel compassion? That's an interesting question. I've never really examined how I do that. When I, when I first started writing, I thought I would be writing these important, weighty tomes. Instead, the first thing I wrote that was any good was a short story about a beauty pageant. <laughs> All done for laughs. It won an award and got published. I really love writing humor and I, I just, I'm drawn to it. I start, I always look for the humor in every situation. And so I think the way I, to make a, a reader react the way I want is just f for the, uh, for the emotion to be based in reality and to come naturally from the story as long as it's real and it's honest, I think readers will react in the way that I, that I want them to. I hope so. Read my book and let me know. What makes a compelling main character? You know, I think a compelling main character, of course, is someone who is rooted in reality and who feels real to the reader, who is relatable to the reader, and someone who has a struggle and a character a character arc, a struggle that he overcomes. That character's name is Timmy. And um, the point of this whole book is the transformative nature of coming out and living an authentic life. And he begins a begins the book, he's in 10th grade, he's 15 years old, deeply closeted even to himself. 
And by the end of the book, well, I don't want to spoil it, but he finds his strength. We'll say that. I think this is an important story to tell in this day and age. You'd think maybe it wouldn't be it by the year 2019, but when you see some of the things that are happening here in this country and the massive backlash against marriage equality that we're experiencing, there are still a lot of kids living in, in you know, living in very closeted lives, afraid to come out, or who do come out and face, you know, brutal bullying. And so I hope kids like that will read this book and realize that it is going to be okay, that coming out is the best thing you can ever do for yourself. I have gotten a lot of advice over the years, including a lot of bad advice, a lot of good advice, but a lot of bad advice too. Most, when most people give advice, what they're telling you is something that works for them. So the worst advice I've gotten from people have been things that work for you that you now think must work for everyone in the same way, and that's simply not the way it is. Something that comes to mind is I've been told and I've read that a writer writes every day. If you're not writing every day, then you're not a writer. Well, stop it. That's not true. I don't have time to write every day. You find your own balance. You find your own rhythm and what works for you. And do it. The best advice I could give to a writer would be find a writing group. This is absolutely the number one piece of advice that I would give to anyone. Find a writing group. Back when I first started writing, I, I sort of banded together with these other two people, and we started meeting regularly or semi-regularly, sharing work with each other, encouraging each other, and keeping each other going. When I was writing this book, New Boy at the Academy, there were many times when I thought, this is ridiculous, this book is going nowhere, it's a mess, I, no one's ever going to read it, I'm wasting my time, I'm just going to put it down and stop. But my writing group kept me going. The protagonist in my book is named Timmy, and they would, my writing group partners would say, what's up with Timmy? What's going on with Timmy? We need more Timmy. Write another chapter about Timmy. They kept me going. They believed in the project when I didn't believe in it. And so there's no way that this book would be completed without them. So, writing group, best piece of advice I could give. What are my bad habits? Well, where do I begin? <laughs> my worst habit is procrastination. You know, I'm the classic writer who will put the laptop down and then say, oh my goodness, what? there's some dishes that need to be washed. Or, did, did I clean the bathroom? Or, or maybe I need to put some clothes in the washing, washing machine. Writers can have the cleanest houses when they were procrastinating from writing. Let me sort of describe my journey and how I got to the point of being published. Uh, I went to a writer's conference in Dallas, the DFWCon, in June of 2017 and met with an actual real-life agent and pitched my work, and he liked it and asked for a full manuscript, which is great. That's basically the most you're going to get out of a, a pitch session. I'd worked on this book for years. I thought it was ready to submit. But then I met with an agent, also not an agent, a, a, an editor, also at the conference. You Basically, you pay her a little bit of money. She reads your first 50 pages and gives you some ideas. And she gave me some great ideas about resolving some issues. So I, I emailed the agent and said, I need to do some rewrites based on, you know, talking to this agent, talking to this editor, my goodness. And so it may take me a couple of months to get it back to you. And he said, that's perfectly fine. That's one thing I learned that when an agent said he wants your manuscript, it does not necessarily mean he wants it today, right now. He wants it when it's ready and when it's perfect. And if that's a month from now or two months from now, that is perfectly fine. So after writing the book for years, I basically rewrote it over in two months, made it much stronger, 
and then I submitted it to the agent who kept it for a couple of months before writing me back and saying uh, thanks but no thanks he was polite but he also said no but then again everybody gets rejections I got plenty of rejections I also did Twitter pitches which are a great way to uh, connect with agents editors publishers and I got a lot of requests for submission and I discovered that when you're querying and and submitting it's a lot of work getting published is a lot of work let me just say that writing the book is I'm not gonna say writing the book is the easy part but it's, it's really just like the first step and there's so much more that you have to do and so when you're trying when you're querying you have to have a query letter you have to have a synopsis you have to have really several synopses in different sizes because everyone who wants you to submit has a different uh, rules for what they want and you have to give them exactly what they want or they'll reject it you just you know if you don't give them exactly what they want you're just giving them a reason to reject it so short synopsis long synopsis medium-sized synopsis query letter first 50 pages of your book first three chapters first one chapter first 10 pages entire manuscript whatever they all ask for something different so you send all those out and then you wait typically a long time some of them I'm still waiting for this was in the fall of 2018 um, I'm sorry this was in the fall of 2017 and there's some of them I'm still waiting on I'm, I'm about to give up I did it I sent these out in, in September October got a lot of rejections all very polite and encouraging rejections but you know still rejections and then one Saturday night in February of 2018 I got this email that spoke in detail about my book and my characters and then said if you're amenable to these ideas that I have for perhaps changing for making some changes then I would like to offer you a contract to publish your book with Nine Star Press and I sat there and looked at that email and I read it and I reread it and reread it again before it dawned on me what was happening that I was actually going to be published it's a huge deal for me dream of a lifetime but then I discovered that after you get published I thought after you sign a contract then at least for me there was a long period of time when absolutely nothing happened there was a flurry of activity at the beginning signing documents and filling out forms and then nothing basically nothing happened between February and November when I got my first edits because I signed the contract to be published and my book was put into line put into a queue with the other books that were coming along from the publishing company so the editing process began in November which has really been a very positive process I've actually enjoyed it because it allowed me to kind of get back in touch with my book and my characters and fall back in love with them and the editor has been great um, and, and it's really the process has made my manuscript just sparkle it's been it's been a positive process for me and now we're basically at the end and just waiting another month or so before publication now in part G you write about inspiration and how much comes from my own experiences this is interesting this book of course that I wrote new boy at the Academy was it began as a uh, as a autobiographical short story about my own experiences in high school but I, I decided to create a fictional sort of alter ego because as I said he could have a much more interesting time in high school than I ever did and so the book is entirely fiction a lot of the characters are inspired by people I knew and growing up in my hometown that doesn't mean that they are that person it just means that 
I was inspired by that person. It became a starting point for creating that character. But what's interesting is how many people hear about my book and I tell them about it and they assume that it's, it's basically autobiographical. They make this assumption. I've had a lot of people have that reaction and I tell them, no, no, it's entirely fiction. You know, it's a setting that was familiar to me, but it's entirely a work of fiction. And they, they react with, oh, yeah, right. Uh-huh. Wink, wink. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why people react that way, but they do. They don't want to believe me when I tell them it's fiction. Maybe they think it's going to be some sort of scandalous tell-all. I don't really know. But when they read it, and I hope they do, I suppose they'll think I had a much more interesting time in high school than I actually did. But... Oh, well, I guess there's not much I can do about that. Pretty amazing to me that these characters who I created are going to be out there in the world for people to read and hope anyone hearing me right now will read it. I want to backtrack a little bit because there was a question that I skipped over that I wanted to respond to, and that was my experience of marketing. Several years ago, I went to a writer's conference in New Orleans, and there was a panel of writers, uh, published authors, some who had been published with big companies, some with small, and they all said the same thing, that the bulk of marketing falls on the author. That publishing companies have smaller and smaller marketing budgets. My own publishing company has a marketing budget. There will be some marketing but it's not going to be significant, and there's a lot that I need to do myself, and so I'm learning a lot about that. I'm having a book launch party. I'm going to see if I can get the local somebody from the local gay newspaper there. I'm having a, a I've arranged a book signing at a, a gay-oriented bookstore and author event at a public library. Uh, so those are the kinds of things that I'm doing. I've also created a web page, writersamhawk.com, um, Facebook author page. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, everything. And I, I created my, my social media name is at writersamhawk. And I've, I've used the same name across all the social media platforms, same picture. And so those are some of the things I'm doing to try to market my book. And I'm constantly trying to think of new ideas because I'd like to sell more than just a few copies to friends and family <laughs> so that was Sam Hawke talking us through the process of putting together New Boy at the Academy uh, and what his experiences as a writer have been uh, so far. Now, just before we go on to our second writer, Kato J, uh, I thought it might be interesting just to uh, look at what we're trying to do here, you know, what the podcast is and who it's aimed at and what we're trying to achieve. Uh, this has come out of uh, two things intersecting, really. Um, number one is... The idea of the long-form podcast. Now, I've got a fairly long commute, and I've really enjoyed during that time uh, listening to people talk about what they do on various different podcasts that I've uh, encountered. Uh, and I think there is a, there is a bit of a thirst, there is a bit of a uh, an openness to spending a bit of time listening to interesting people talk about interesting things. The second thing that this is intersected with is getting involved in the writing community on Twitter. Now, I've been writing for, you know, a long time. I've been writing for over 15 years. And like a lot of people, I've not really done that much with it so far. But it's only been getting involved in the writing community on Twitter that I've realised just how many really quite interesting people there are out there. However... On Twitter, you know, you've got these 160 characters uh, or whatever it is uh, at the minute. And so you just get these flashes, you get these snippets of people. And, you know, we're condensing our ideas down um, into little chunks and maybe stitching them together in threads. So I wanted to try and capture uh, some of what is out there, but with a bit more space than 
those characters and literally capturing the voice of those individuals as well because I think I've said this before um, and it's something that I absolutely 100% believe in uh, is not only the power of words but the power of the spoken word as well. I think the spoken word is you know, perhaps the greatest tool that uh, human beings have. That and uh, iPhones obviously. Now, my ranting aside, let's go on to our second author. This is Kato J. Now, Kato J is an unpublished uh, writer, like a lot of people. And what she has been doing, though, is producing her YouTube site, which I had encountered before we got in touch and in contact for this. So you can find her on YouTube at Janae Henning, and I hope you will. She's got some really, really interesting stuff on there. And she's going to talk about Again, a little bit about her writing process, but then she's going to kind of focus, she's got a really good focus on the importance and roots of equality uh, in her writing, and in particular, the benefits to be gained from being involved in a critique group and beta reading and what makes a good beta reader and so on. So if that's something that you'd like to know more about or you're interested in or you want to hear about, I think you're in for a treat here. Hi, my name is Kato J. I'm 23 years old and I'm from South Africa. I'm currently unemployed, so I get a lot of time to focus on my writing. And I am currently not known for any novels or so on. I am known for a YouTube channel under the name Janae Hennen. And my style is typically fantasy, though I do throw in some action and occasional mystery and crime if I want to. Though those are mostly for my screenplays that I write and not for my novels. I've been a writer for, I'd say, about 12 years now. I started when I was around 11 or 12. I can't really remember that clearly, but yeah i started pretty early on and at the moment i'm currently working on a ya fantasy that is kind of set in a world that has knights and prophets there's some inequality issues so yeah that's kind of it i don't currently have a elevator pitch or anything like that for it i don't want to give too much away because it's still you know so near the start that yeah I do kind of have that bit of a phobia of the idea being written before I can publish mine. So yeah in terms of my writing my writing process typically starts with a idea for a concept and then I work on the climax and then everything else follows and I usually start with an outline but I just find that if I have the ending of my novel the process leading or not the process but the plot leading up to the climax just comes a lot easier for me so yeah I usually start with the climax then I do an outline of the rest I usually use the saving the cat method it's just a very clear-cut method for me and I think that it fits, fits most stories. With my current work in progress I did an outline like way back and then I decided to do NaNoWriMo and I ended up using that outline because I was working on another work in progress and I realized that I just couldn't fathom the thoughts of having to do that work in progress for 30, 31 days, no it was 30, 30 days straight and yeah that's kind of why I decided to take the outline that I already had of another story and start with that and it just worked out really well and I finished my first draft in January this year so then I spent a month working on my world building because even though my world building isn't that expansive 
I don't think I tend towards world building too easily but even though it's not that expensive I knew there were certain things that I needed to know before I started with the editing because I'd kind of been able to you know write past the world building as I was writing the first one but I knew that in order to add more detail to my writing in the second time I simply had to figure out what my world was about and what the balance was into the different aspects of the world that I was creating because it is a fantasy and it is set in a world very much like ours but still not quite. So there were a lot of small details that I had to figure out to make it believable and yeah hopefully I've managed to do that since I'm now in the editing phase and I'm gonna have to see how well the world building worked out when I get to those parts. So yeah. Equality is a big, big part of my writing and it's interesting because I never thought it would be but I studied but I studied screenwriting and for our final year project we had to do a screenplay that was set in South Africa and that could be of any genre that we wanted it to be and I ended up writing about a black family that is in the like poor region um we call it the we call it the townships so it's clusters of houses in an area that's not very well off and yeah that like the story is about a family who is from there and it involves superpowers and the control of the government and so on and it's like a pretty by the numbers blockbuster yeah it's very strange because i think that in some ways so many people can relate to that and i'm hoping that it will start the right conversations that people will appreciate what i'm trying to say and it's quite a scary thing because i know that a lot a large topic at the moment is the question of who can speak on which issues you know the diversity thing so I'm, I'm really nervous about that but I am hoping that it will work out because this is a story that I am very passionate about and I'm very in love with and I hope that it you know speaks to people the way that it spoke to me to go on to something lighter, I started my journey at the age of 11, as I said earlier, 11 or 12. I started <laughs> because I was writing an essay about how people were bullying me in school. It's the most ridiculous thing. But yeah, I was like, oh no, I'm gonna like record everything that's happening to me. And then I showed it to my teacher once, I don't know why, my English teacher. And she was like, hey, you're writing pretty decent. Um, and then I kind of scrapped the essay and I started focusing on stories. And I think, you know, it's the weirdest thing to think that's where my writing journey started. But... I mean, it worked out, so I'm really happy that that teacher said that to me because it was probably such an insignificant thing for her, but it influenced me so much. And I think that's amazing to show kind of the power of words. And I think like that's been something that's motivated me throughout my entire journey is the power of words, is when the people come to you and they say wow you know this spoke to me or this was nice i mean no one's ever said that to my face but like i did write the occasional fanfic and you know those kinds of comments it really just reminds you that you have something to give the writing world even if you don't always see it yourself and you know one of the biggest highlights in my writing career so far was when I was writing a screenwriting adaptation of 
one of the books that I really enjoy. It's the Jimmy Coat series by Joe Craig and I was writing it. I posted a photo of the finished script um, on my Instagram and then Joe Craig actually reached out to me and asked me if he could read it. And the feedback that he gave me was just so meaningful and at that time I was kind of really struggling with my writing journey. I was feeling very out of place as if I wasn't sure whether or not I belonged in the writing community and he kind of just sent it to me at the perfect time to give me courage to continue writing. So once again it just kind of proved to me the power of words and and the power of supporting one another in your times of need. So I think that that's just something that I carry with me throughout this entire journey and that I hope I will never forget. But I have to say I've learned a lot through my writing. I can't really pinpoint to one thing in particular. I just think that I've learned a lot about myself and I used to be a bit of a chronic procrastinator. I don't know, like that's obviously not a real thing, but I just, I struggle with procrastination a lot, especially when it's something that I'm not passionate about. And the fact that my writing is something that I can very easily fall into and do when I have a schedule and just the fact that I'm so motivated to do it is something that's kind of comforting to me because it shows me that I am capable of achieving a lot if I just put my focus and my energy into it. And yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds very obvious, but it's been a real comfort for me throughout the years. And I think I just kind of found myself through my writing and I think I'm still continuing to find myself. I think that I still have a lot of emotional growth to do in terms of my writing. So we'll see how I manage to do that. But yeah, I kind of the last few months, I've started really immersing myself in like writing tips and how to better your writing and it's funny because all of the things that I've learned they're very helpful and even with the editing I did a lot of research before going into the editing phase because I wanted to make sure that I can do it the best way that I possibly can and though and though there were a lot of helpful tips that I found throughout these last few months there was one tip of writing that really stuck with me since I heard it in I think about 10th grade so that would be about seven or eight years ago and that is that at some point you have to stop. Now I'm not saying like do a half-assed job at writing and like don't do the proper amount of editing but your story is never going to be completely perfect. You have to draw a line somewhere. You have to tell yourself to ease up because I think a lot of people and I think like I still have to come to that point of experience but I think you come at a point where you overanalyze your work and you try and achieve a point of perfection that you simply can't. And I mean... Writing is great and all, but I think for most writers, you want to write to be heard and you'll never be heard if you don't put your work out there, if you don't take that risk of exposing what you've written to the world. And yeah, it's for me, it's still a very scary concept. I have critique part partners. I have critique partners at the moment. I'm still not at the beta phase and it's just very scary to hear the feedback and hear what people thought of something that is quite close and personal to you. But 
you have to put yourself out there. And I think, you know, that thing of not waiting until you think it's perfect has helped me not worry so much about what everyone else is thinking because in the end I know I tried my best it might still not be perfect it might never be perfect but it's when you're happy with it that's when you should let it go there's so many things that is important as a writer that makes for a good or a great writer and that is just the perseverance because you might not get it right with your first novel you might not get it right with your fifth novel you might not even get it right with your 13th but I think the more you write the more you grow and though this is the first novel that I I'm genuinely convinced can go into publishing. I've written quite a few. I think I've written at least eight, eight or nine complete novels that just never saw the light of day and that I'm so grateful have never seen and will never see the light of day because, you know, they, they were not good. <laughs> um, like... I'd like to think I've grown a lot as a writer and I just would never want people to see the growing process that I went through to get where I am and I still have a lot of growing left to do but I do think I'm now at a point where I can show the world my work without you know regretting it in 10 years time. Now I want to go back for a moment to when I was talking about my critique partners and so on. So I recently started doing beta reading for some people and I've been part of a critique group since last year. And I think it's just a fantastic experience. I think that everyone should have something like that in their lives if they're a writer I think it just helps you grow so much and it also helps you grow in terms of not just accepting critique and taking it in and trying to make the best of it but also in terms of trying to pinpoint what the problems are in someone else's writing and trying not to make those same mistakes in your own. I I think the critique experience is so important because it tells you what is important in the reader's experience. It tells you what you're good at and it tells you what to focus on and to improve. And I just think it makes the drafting experience so much easier because you know exactly how your audience perceives it and you know what points are kind of iffy and which points are really impactful to the reader and I think that that just tells you so much about your own writing and I also think that doing it correctly is so important like reviewing other people's books for them telling them what you think of it in the beta reading process is so important because you can kind of I don't want to say make or break a writer because that should never be the case but you can really ruin a writer's day if you do it incorrectly and I don't know if I've done it correctly but I do think that there are some things that are important in terms of critiquing and that is that number one there's the compliment sandwich that I'm sure a lot of people have heard about and that is Start with something that you liked about the draft, then get to the meat of the situation, things that need to be fixed, and finish off with another thing that you liked about the draft, because that kind of just gives the author the acknowledgement of, 
hey, it's not that this is a bad book. This is a wonderful book. Look at all these things that I liked. It just can be better. Um, and then the other thing is telling them how they could possibly improve it. So if you say, okay, this sentence is too long and too vague, then don't just stop there. Tell them how they could possibly improve it because even if they don't use your recommendation of how it could be improved, that might give them an idea of their own of how they could improve it. Even if it is completely removed from what you suggested, it might just get those creative juices flowing again because I find that a lot of the times when people told me, okay, this is wrong, then my brain would kind of cut off and I wouldn't be able to think of, okay, but it's wrong, but like, how could I possibly fix it? Like you kind of reach a dead end and you can't think past that point. And if someone is just like, okay, this is wrong, but da 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 da, then it's like, okay, yeah, I can kind of see where they're going with that, but maybe this would be a better way because then that character will be helped with this and you kind of just move past the fact that it's wrong and you immediately start thinking of ways to fix it instead of fixating on the fact that it's wrong. So yeah, I think critiquing is so important, but it's also so important for it to be done correctly and for you to have critique partners that you can trust that have your best interests at heart and isn't just there to be mean and overly critical. So that was Kate J talking us through uh, her process and uh, what she's picked up from writing so far. And I have to say, you know, I'm absolutely blown away by somebody who's spent so much time really finessing their craft up to the point that, you know, <laughs> you know eight or nine novels in uh, and they're just getting to the point where they think, no, no, you know, now I've really got it. And I think that just says something about, you know, the sophistication and the craft of this community uh, and what it can entail. Now, as a little bit of fun, I'm asking all of our contributors to answer some short questions. Now, these are very short questions. They're, they're, I've purposely designed them to be quite odd and quite open. The contributors are given no guidance <laughs> on what I mean by these or how to respond to them. But I ho I'm hoping this will give us a little bit of an insight uh, into who they are as people. And If not that, they might just be a little bit entertaining. So this week, I've asked our authors question one sex, death or religion and also what's the difference between success and failure and this is what they had to say Alright, short question sex, death or religion I have no idea what this means I've been trying to figure it out is this a British thing like a drinking game or something because I don't know what it means sex, death or religion I'm going to go with sex hey <laughs> I'm not really all that particularly religious even though I live in Texas believe it or not and um, not quite ready to die, I guess. So I'll go with sex. Now, moving on to something more lighthearted. If I had to choose between sex, death, or religion, I am kind of tempted to just choose death for the sake of it. <laughs> but in reality, it's probably religion. Um, it's something that's been with me throughout my life and that I'm kind of still exploring and discovering and that I'm happy with. And lastly, what do I think is the difference between success and failure? I think that you can fail if you quit, but you can't succeed if you quit. And yeah, that's probably a bit too deep but yeah not to say that every time that you quit you fail I do think there are some books that you need to stop writing things that you need to stop doing but generally if I quit I don't succeed 
what is the difference between success and failure? I really think it is perseverance. That's what I that's what I think because there were so many times when I put this book down and I thought it was pointless and no one would ever read it. And if I had allowed myself to walk away from it completely, then obviously it would never have been completed and published. But with a lot of encouragement from my writing group, and if I can just pat myself on the back, some perseverance on my part, I completed it, put it out there, pitched it, and now it's being published. It takes a lot of work to, to publish a book, to write a book and publish it. It takes a lot of work, a lot of effort, and if you're a quitter, it is not going to happen. And on that note, that brings us to the end of our first episode uh, of the Writers in Progress podcast. Now, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope, you, I hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as I've enjoyed uh, making it. I've got some fantastic episodes lined up and I hope you will continue to stay with us. And in particular, I hope you'll continue to support the writers, uh, not only that we feature this week, Sam Hawke and Kato J, but, you know, this community, this wonderful community in general as well so you can follow us on twitter uh, the podcast handle is at writers underscore podcast uh, and you can follow me on twitter at gem jackson too uh, we'd love to come across you on there and interact and all that kind of thing if you are interested in being interviewed uh, and being part of the podcast series i can't get enough people i, I want to know about as many of you as possible and as many different people as possible as well so if you you can either get in touch on twitter uh, that's probably the best way check out the pinned tweets on both my account gem jackson 2 and on the writers underscore podcast uh, account as well and that'll give you some details there or you can email me at gem jackson author at gmail.com uh, and with that have a wonderful time thank you for listening see you later Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.